Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. We started our series last week called 3D, Declarations That Determine Your Destiny. Declarations That Determine Your Destiny. And 3D, as we said, the real key to it is our lives move in the direction of our words. And I'm going to go into Scripture today and show you how much that is true. Words set the course for your life and for mine. They really do. They set the course. And, and Scripture is going to point that out. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, Isaiah 57, verses 18 and 19. This is a chapter about God restoring His people, and it has everything to do with our lips and giving praise. And he says this, when I looked again and saw what he was doing, I decided to heal him, lead him, comfort him, creating a new language of praise for the mourners. God is speaking, verse 19, peace to the far off, peace to the near at hand, says God. And yes, I will heal them. And here we have the promise of restoration. God said, I create, I create. Now, that's interesting. The word create means to form to fashion, and to mold like a potter does with clay. God says, I listen to what you say, you and me, and create and form and fashion from the fruit of our lips. That's how powerful it is. So how do you get God to work in your life? How do you activate God's miracle working power? Well, God says this, I have linked my creative, miraculous power inseparably to the words that you speak in your life. He said they are there, they are together, they cannot be separated. I create whatever you keep speaking in regards to his word. Remember last week, I didn't say this, whatever you say, you get. Whatever you want, you say you get. No, that's not it. We're talking about God's word and coming and speaking and declaring his word. Psalm 45, one, I don't have on the screen, but This is a great scripture verse that leads me into my first point. It says, my heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. This is what I want to say. The scripts you speak determines the direction you will go. The script that you speak in your life will determine the direction that you move. God constantly and consistently fashions and creates what we speak and pray, what we confess and what we praise for. That you and I are in the position we are in today because the words you spoke yesterday, last year, and the year before that. Scripts determine direction. We have to understand that that is what God's word is saying, and we're going to look at that today. That we realize for a play, for a movie, somebody, the script writer, is scripting. There were scribes in the Bible, they script it out. But you see inside of computer programs, there are scripts that are written, and then the things move in the direction of the script. Whatever you declare and hold fast to, God shows up and creates. There's a verse in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, that says, hold fast to your confession of faith. Man has the power to speak, to talk, to confess. And man is God's only creation that he made that is just like God on this aspect, that God spoke the world into existence, and there's no other creation 
Animals can't talk. How many of you are thankful your animals can't talk at home, right? Thank the Lord they can't do that, right? You wonder what they're really thinking, right? Well, you say, well, a parrot can speak. Well, no, it only repeats words. It cannot believe in its little heart and its little mouth what is really being said. When you find something in Scripture and you begin to believe it with all of your heart and you begin to speak it, no matter what you see, that you say, I believe this word, I believe this book, it is then you and I begin to tap into God's creative force. Man is the only creation that God has made with the power to speak. God took speech away from the serpent in the book of Genesis. As we look and you see that when Satan came in and borrowed the body of a serpent, the serpent said to Eve, You know, it could talk, and when God cursed it, he defeated Satan and took the power to speak away from the devil. Listen, if a devil is going to speak and talk, he's going to talk through somebody now. He took the ability to speak away from the serpent in the book of Genesis. So if the enemy is going to speak, he's going to use somebody else's mouth. And so we have to understand that, and we need to be wise to that. We need to understand that that's what God's word says. Now, you look in and you think about complaining, that really complaining started in the book of Genesis. Adam was the first complainer. Did you know that? He's the first one that gave a complaint. We we realize this, and how many of you know that we live in a world full of complainers? We do. And some of that has crept into the body of Christ. So we're really proficient at it. But complaining is old as the Old Testament. Complaining, and I want you to know this, this wasn't typed out. This is what last night as I was studying, I felt the Lord wanted me to say to you today, specifically. So this is an add-on, and you're getting a little add-on today. Complaining is, what is that? Well, it's talking about the things you do not want rather than what you do want. The first complainer was Adam. The second complainer was Eve. Adam complained about Eve. Eve complained about the serpent. Complaining doesn't make anything better. Well, it makes me feel good, Pastor, but it doesn't make it better, does it? In the long run, it doesn't. You're just complaining. So complaining, you understand, kept God's people out of the land of promise. How many of you knew that? Complaining in the Old Testament, it kept God's chosen people out of the land of promise, the promised land, because they just kept complaining and complaining. They're complaining about this. They're complaining about the food. They're complaining about their leader that I don't want them. I don't want him. Get him out of the way. And so I understand this. The truth is complaining will have a negative effect on our life and our future. And so I want to talk about four quick points, not in your notes, but if you're taking notes, four things that complaining causes. Number one, complainers create a future where their own focus is is on what they don't like. It's on what they don't like all the time. And so all of their focus always goes to what they don't like rather than what is God-like, rather than what is life-giving. Not only today, but tomorrow. That's all they think about. They complain, they complain, they complain. Number two, complainers assume this that by complaining, they're actually doing something, and what happens is they end up doing nothing. You're quiet, so it must be good, or you're just drinking it in, or you're like, you're ready to leave. 
Let me tell you something else about complainers. Complainers are the least productive people in society because all of their focus goes towards their complaining. And so they're just complaining about what's wrong. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't know. You know, I don't like this. You know, I don't like that person. So I'm going to keep focused because we keep complaining. That's what you're focusing on. Third, complainers creates a future where the only people who want to be around them are other complainers. Are you with me? So you're saying, well, how, why do I have so many complainers around me? You need to go look in the mirror and find out why complainers are so comfortable in your company. Hello? You need, to, you need to look in the mirror and say, why do I have all these complainers around me? Well, you might be a complainer too. You need to take a look in the mirror because what happens is if you keep allowing that, that's what you keep allowing in your inner circle. Rather than declaring who God is and declaring his praise and declaring his answer over the problem rather than focusing on the complaints, right? Fourth, complainers create a world they don't even want to be in and nothing is ever right. I mean, have you ever met people like that? No, don't point at them. I'm just saying, you know them. You know them. Like, you know, everything is going wrong. The sky is falling all the time. <laughs> and all of that. You were, everything is going to hell in a handbasket. By the way, what does that mean? The world's going to hell in a handbasket? We just keep saying this stupid thing over and over again. We don't even know what it says. I don't even know what it means. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. Ah, the sky is falling. Well, how did complainers get there? They got there by complaining, right? They got there by continuing complaining. They got other people in their group now just keep complaining and complaining and complaining. The world's bad. Hell in a handbasket. Sky is falling. This is ter terrible. This is Eeyore on the edge of reality. It's sad. It's sad. Reminds me of the construction worker. He's like, you know what? He construction worker got on a new crew. and Every day, went and had lunch with the crew. Took a break. He opens his sack lunch, he opens it up, takes a sandwich out, opens it up, and he's like, tuna fish. Can't believe it. The guys are looking at him like, second day comes around, he opens it up, pulls out the sandwich, tuna fish again? These guys are looking at him. The third and the fourth day, they, he keeps the same thing. He opens it up, the sandwich, it's tuna fish, it's tuna fish. Finally, one of his coworkers said, hey, man, Listen, every day you come to lunch and you keep complaining about your tuna fish sandwich, right? And that's all you complain about. I mean, why don't you change it? You should tell your wife to stop making you a tuna fish sandwich. And he said, what do you mean, man? My wife doesn't pack my lunch. I do. <laughs> Let that sink in for a minute. Remember, you're packing your own lunch. Hello? Every day. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. We need to realize that when we come, that we need to choose your words, and we need to choose our words, and it will begin to change your life. If you want to become something different, then change what you're confessing. Change what you're saying. God said, I gave you two ears. I gave you two eyes, right? But I only gave you one mouth. He wants you and I to listen twice as much as you talk, and he wants you to watch and see more than you talk. Aren't you thankful God didn't give your wife or your husband two mouths? Well, I know Chris is glad God didn't give me two mouths because I got one mouth that's big enough. Seriously, I know that. 
okay? Thank God. I mean, listen, aren't you thankful God didn't give you two mouths? It's so true. Haven't you had enough trouble out of one mouth that God gave to you? Your scripts determine the direction of your life. Scripture shows that. Also, words change the atmosphere of your life. Hebrews 13, 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually, it's not just you just hear a talk on declaring, hear, you know, a preacher preach or somebody teach about it because you heard just one talk or this, but continually, the Bible says, to offer God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of your lips that openly profess his name. Openly profess. You know, I've had to learn this even as as I was a young person growing up that God forms and fashions and creates my future by the words that I praise him with, that I will continually pray with. Prayer is just simply talking to God, speak to God, turn to God, praise him for what he is doing and what he has done. And by that, it changes the atmosphere of my life. But how many of you know praise just doesn't change the atmosphere of your life? When you are praising, praise changes the atmosphere of everybody else around you. That's why when we come together on Sunday morning, we come to lift up our voice, to clap our hands, to raise our hands, to pray, to give him glory together. And by that, it changes the atmosphere in the room. That so many people that come in here that are weighted down, I can't tell me how many times on any given Sunday that people say, wow, when I came in the church and I came in, I began to praise and I felt it around me. It changes the atmosphere of the room and it changes the atmosphere of our hearts. Amen? That's what praise does. That's so true. Words change the atmosphere. So they are powerful. They're the fruit of our lips. Matter of fact, the Bible says the fruit of the lips is called praise. And the fruit of our lips is what God does to form and to fashion us and who we are called to be in the future. Whenever we continually praise him and whatever we continue to pray for, God is moving in that direction as we align our words with his word. How many days have we wasted by not putting seeds of faith and success out there? God, I praise you that my steps are ordered of you. That's a, that's, that's a scripture verse. I praise you that you are leading me and guiding me. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord. God, I praise you that you will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. Not all of my wants. We want to pray that one, but it's all of my needs. I got a need. What, what am I doing? That's how you pray. You don't just sit back and let life hit you, and then you get lockjaw, right? So many people have been hit by life by the enemy's schemes, by what other people have done or said. And what happens is they get lockjaw in that moment and they won't declare the praises of the Lord. No, that's not what he says. God said, I created you and formed you and I want your lips to give me praise. Those kind of declarations will then begin to determine your destiny. And when you do it, it will change the atmosphere of your life. Life or death is in the power of the tongue. That's what the Bible says. We said that last week. Life and death, Proverbs 18, are in the power of the tongue and you will eat its fruit one way or another. Here's Mark chapter 11, 22, 23. Jesus said, speak to this mountain that is in your way. Jesus said, talk to your mountain. Why? Because your mountain knows your voice. Your mountain surely knows your voice. That, that's for sure. And so here's what it says. Jesus said, as a matter of fact, embrace this God life. 
Really embrace it. And nothing will be too much for you. This mountain, and it's as good as done, you need to say, go jump into the lake. No shuffling or hemming or hawing. That's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything, ranging from the small to the large. Include everything as you embrace this God life, and you'll get God's everything. What are you saying about your mountain that is limiting your progress and keeping you from moving forward today? What are you saying about the problem of that mountain in your marriage? What are you saying? Are you speaking life? Are you speaking death to it? How about your children? What are you saying about your teenager or your child? What are you saying about your business today? What are you, what are you saying over your school, young person? Speak to the mountain and declare God, your word, I speak over this mountain, and I'm going to believe it in my heart because we serve a miracle-working God. Listen, your testimony is not living in your past. It's freedom from your past. You know how many people are still living in their past? No, your testimony is that now you no longer stay there. You've moved forward, and God's given you a new declaration. This is my testimony from death to life. I'm tired of singing songs we don't believe. Are you with me? We say it, but we don't believe it. We, 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 we speak it out, but we're, do we believe it? Like for like 30 minutes, I can feel like, hey, I'm victorious. But then when we go out to our car and we go home, we go back into our business place or into our school. Tomorrow, we feel absolutely defeated because we're living in the past. God has given us a new future. And it's time for the body of Christ to begin to declare that more than ever before, especially in the day that we live. We serve a miracle mountain-moving God, and you can either believe it or you don't, he can still move the mountain of cancer. He can still move the mountain of COVID. He can still move the mountain of addictions because he is God, and he says that's what he can do, right? But you have to open your mouth. You have to declare it because he is a word God, right? And he works with words. I was born in the 70s, going through the 80s, and I'm going to date myself, word up. <laughs> word. What is the word in your life? What is the word that's going on in you? What is, what's going on? Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I am strong. Can you say that together? Let the weak say, I am strong. Now, what happened in that moment is you just threw seeds out there of faith because this is talking to the warrior. That's what it says in this chapter. This is talking to the warrior that feels down, doesn't think they're going to complete and go through the battle and not going to make it. This is a warrior-type confession. And it says, this is what a warrior says. Let the weak say, I am strong. I'm not quitting. I'm not falling. I'm not failing. I'm not going back to that addiction. I am strong in you. When you start saying that, God forms a new you in the future. My marriage is strong. My children are strong. My faith is strong. My church is strong. I don't care what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing, but I believe God's word more importantly than any other word over me. And let me just tell you this. You need to stop believing the negative words that have been spoken against you by other people. And you need to begin to declare the praises of the King of kings and the Lord of lords and what he said over your life more than what other people try to put on you. 
Amen. Every word that's spoken to you negatively, condemningly, you don't have to receive. No, that word stops right here because it's not God's word. It's not exhortive and it's not uplifting and it's not loving and it's not kind because that's the words that come from God. Amen. A couple of scripture verses. I gave two, from, two stories from the Old Testament last week, two from the New this week. Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood. We know well. She was sick, used all of her money to go to the doctors. They could not help her. And then she said within herself, she had to say something. Something was in her heart. If I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. But the miracle didn't start until she started saying it and speaking it out. And when she said it, God was waiting on that. And it's in that moment that God stopped Jesus with hundreds of people around him. And he looked around and said, who touched the hem of my garment? She's like, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. I want you to notice something. Notice, did she just say it and remain still and get lockjaw and just believe? No, she said it. And her words moved her in the direction of her healing. Your scripts determine the direction of your life. Right? You know, too many Christians, I'm just going to sit here and hope that it works out. Good luck with that. Because that's not even scripture. God is a sovereign God, but he works with us saying, I will move, I will say it, I will declare it, and I will move towards God in his promise over my life. There's nowhere in scripture that you see that. Oh, I just hope God shows up here and nope, that doesn't work. That's not even in scripture. We understand that. Notice she moved in the direction of her words. The next example is the Syrophoenician woman, meaning she was a Gentile. She was not Hebrew. She was not Jewish. She had no right to the blessing of God. And Jesus even said to her, she said, please master, my daughter is demon possessed. Let me just stop right here because I did this in the first service because I felt so strongly. If you think Satan is not targeting our young people with demonic oppression, depression, suicidal thoughts, addictions, eating disorders, all of these things are targeting our sons and our daughters. Any way that the enemy can try to destroy their self-esteem, he is doing it right now. And we as the body of Christ need to know how to declare over our children and be there for them when they are going through these things rather than getting lockjaw and letting it happen. So today, I want us to pray right now. I want us to bind our faith together in this service right now for our sons and our daughters, for those that are young, those that are here, those that are not here, those that are running from the Lord, those that are going through addictions, depression, discouragement, and suicidal thoughts, I want us to pray. Can we do that together? Let's pray. Father, we come in your name and we declare your word over every lie of the devourer in Jesus' name this morning. And Father God, we declare your promises of life to our young people. I speak it, Lord, above suicidal thoughts. Lord God, I speak it above addictions. I speak it above eating disorders. Come on, church. Can you speak out the word of the Lord? Come on. I can't hear you. Come on this morning. Come on. Declare it over your children. Call them by name today that, Lord, we pray freedom over their minds 
minds and over their hearts and in our communities and in our schools, Lord God. Let there be freedom that would come forth from our young people. God, they have a voice. You have given them a voice in these days. And Lord, we call it out of them that, Lord, they would not shrink back, but they would declare your word over their circumstance. And you will give them freedom in the name of Jesus. I bind every work of the devourer in Jesus' name over their lives. And I release the power of the Holy Spirit in this moment and in this day and in this hour, Lord God, I pray. I call this generation out of darkness and into your marvelous light for what you want to accomplish in them now, even now, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. And if you believe it with all of your heart, shout amen and amen. Amen and amen. This woman said, I cannot get my daughter free. And Jesus said this, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And she said, she said, everybody say that. She said, say it again. She said. She believed it in her heart, but she said. She spoke it forward. Sometimes we're really good at having it in here. We got great intentions, but we don't speak it out. We don't speak it forward. It's not right. She said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus made an amazing statement. Woman, you have great faith. Why? Because of this saying. And her daughter was healed at that moment. There's people in this room, sound of my voice online, Clearbrook campus, your son or your daughter has driven you maybe to wit's end and you thought, will they ever get free? Will they ever get sober? Will they ever get on the path of life? You said this, because of what you said, woman, go your way, because the demon has gone out from your daughter. Here's what I want to say to the body of Christ today. We are not a bunch of victims, and it's time for the body of Christ to stop acting like victims. We are not victims. There are people in the body of Christ. I'm talking to Christians. I, I can't. There, there may be people in here, you're not serving the Lord, but so, so at this moment, I'm talking to Christians in the room. We are not victims. And, and let me tell you the other lie. If you're in the room and you don't know Jesus, you're not a victim either. Because Jesus died for you. And he called and he set us free. And he's declared freedom over our life. How can you say that you're a victim and you're a Christ follower at the same time? We are not victims. I wonder if just somebody in the room can say amen to that. Let's teach our children they're not victims. Right? Let's teach our communities we're not victims. We're not victims. Listen, if you don't praise him for nothing, he forms nothing in your life. Change does not happen by sitting there and thinking it will happen. Why does God bless that guy? Why does that guy, why does God bless her? Well, what is coming out of your mouth? No, this is serious business today. This is not just blubber words, you know. I can just say it and spray it, and I don't even know if it's going to line up with God, but I hope God shows up. No, this is aligning our lives with him. This is knowing God's word in these days where we need God's word more important than anything else and the noise and the junk and everything that's flying out there. We need, we need to hear the voice of God. There are three voices that talk to you real quick. Number one, the voice from the pit. That is the enemy. Words like disease, you're dying, give up, 
It's fatal. That is a word from the pit of hell. Number two, there's the voice of God, which is his word. That is his word. This is his word. Healing, when I open the Bible and I read, and I read in Genesis 50 that, hey, God's for me, not against me, and there's greater things, even though the enemy meant it for evil, God meant it for good, that God, you are my healer, all the way through the New Testament, God, you are my healer, thank you for your stripes, Lord, on your back, God, thank you for wholeness, because Jesus tells me he wants me whole in the New Testament, he doesn't want me to be an incomplete person, he's speaking peace, not the peace that this world can give, but the peace that God can give, that I want that kind of peace, and I declare that, and I begin to speak joy, because God says I can have joy, and the joy of the Lord is my strength in that speaking forgiveness because he's forgiven me of my sins. He's speaking acceptance just like I am. He loves me. He's speaking salvation. He's speaking faith. He's speaking success. And then there's the third voice. The third voice, who's that? You. Your voice. Your voice. What is your voice saying? What is your voice saying? What is your voice saying on the inside? What is it saying today? What is your voice? What's going on in you? And then what is your voice as it comes out? What is your voice? What are you, what are you putting out there? That seed, that seed, that seed. If it's negativity, remember, sowing and reaping, you get negativity back. Oh, I'm going to give criticism because I'm right. No, criticism comes back to you. That's what the Bible says. If you put faith out there, you get faith back. If you put love out there, you get love back. And boy, our culture and our society and our, and our world needs love, God's love. You put that out there, that's what you get back. Come on, why are we putting some type of harvest out there and expecting to get something different in return? It's not biblical. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. I'm sorry. Read God's word. It doesn't. You can't make it, manipulate it. You can try. You can keep doing that, but it doesn't. You get what you put out. Malachi chapter 2, God says, I'm weary with your words. Well, it's been a long year, God. Yeah, it's been a long year. He said, I'm weary with your words. I think about 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 26, the story of the woman when her son died. The Bible said she was going to tell the prophet to come and pray for his son. And Gehazi, it says, the servant came, and he asked her three questions in this that I think if we could just settle this word in our spirit today, no matter what you're going through. He said, is it well with you, as he spoke to this woman? In her statement, in chapter 4, verse 26, she said, it is well. Then the prophet said to her, is it well with your husband? And she said, it is well. And then she, he said, is it well with your son? And, and, and that's where all of us would have broken down and we would have cried because of the gravity of the moment of what's happening in him. And the powerful statement that she gives even in that moment was not denying the reality of what was going on, that her son had passed, but what was going on in her, in the voice and she spoke it, it is well. That's what you say when you're going through tragedy. When you lose somebody you love and tears are streaming down your cheek, that it is well. I don't even have to understand all of it. God, I know you. 
I, we sang about God, you're a good God. He is a good God. It is well. Remember we said at the beginning, when God talks, He talks to create, and He uses our words to create as we come into alignment with His Word. You know, words carry weight. So if the person giving them are weighty, now if you're in a courtroom and the judge says, hey, I find you guilty, that's a bad day. Those are weighty words from a weighty person. Jesus is saying, I can talk to the mountain because I first talked to my Father in heaven. So listen, if you're talking to your mountain out of your human, and my human limited knowledge, how many times have we done that? Without bringing God into the scenario, we're only just speaking words that will have no effect. There's no power just in our words alone, but we have power with God's word. And we align ourselves with that. Jesus is saying, I can talk to the mountain because I've talked to God. My faith in God gave me the authority to give instruction to a problem mountain in my life. And here's the last point, and I hope you lean in because this is probably the most important. Your declarations must have authorization. If God didn't say anything, you're just making noise. Declarations regarding that mountain in your life must have authorization to give instructions to a problem mountain. I believe there's people in this room you want to deal with your mountain today, or you wouldn't be at church. I mean, seriously, I, I know not everybody in this room is probably living whoo, high and feeling great, of that, you know, everything. That's great if you are. But, but in, in, a, in a group this size and online and at our Clearbrook community, there's mountains. There's mountains. If, if you're living life, you've got a pulse, you've got a mountain. Something big. He's saying, you should talk to God about your mountain. And then... We have the authorization to speak to the mountain and say, no, no, that mountain, this is what he says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you received it and it will be yours. That's his word. When you and I declare God's word, we now have legitimate power and authority to speak to our problems. Now we have the legitimacy. Now we have the authority to speak. So if you're here today and you're tired of your mountain controlling you, I want you to go to this Word today, and I want you to understand who God is and talk to God about your mountain. That's how we declare victory over it. That's how we can say to that mountain, hey, go leap into that lake. Because you have stood not only in front of me, but in front of God, and nothing can stand in front of Him. It must go. You understand that when we use His Word to speak to our problems, the mountains in your life must go, the enemies must go, the addictions must go, the circumstances must jump into the sea, because now you have authorization. And your declaration is powerful. Why? Because God says, I'm God, and I have authorized your victory. Listen, I don't have to be worried about the days we live in. I hope as believers that are here today, you have that same heart. I don't have to be worried about the days that we live in. I don't have to be overwhelmed by the things that I see in the world. It is well. 
I don't have to live in fear from the things that I see in our country. I pray for our country. I pray for our president. I pray for our vice president. I pray for their families. I pray for those in authority. I do that like you. We pray. We pray. We go forward. We believe. We trust. But I don't have to live in fear in these days because I can say inside of my life, it is well. Amen? It is well. It is well with my soul. Oh, it may not be too well out there, but what's going on inside of me? And I get to proclaim that. I get to speak that out. And I get to tell other people around me, you don't have to fear. You know, why are you running out in fear? There's so much fear going on. In Christ, fear is a spirit. Right? Stop allowing fear to control your life. I don't have to fear when these things that are going on in the nations of the earth, I don't have to fear. Why? It is well. It's well with me. It's well with you today. I think, I think you, maybe in this moment, may, would you just uh, turn to the person next to you? It, they maybe need to hear this genuinely. It is well. It's going to be okay. Come on, turn the person. Do you right? It is well. People need to hear this in their hearing today. That's why I'm saying this. It is well. It's well. As well, you know, one day when the trumpet sounds at Jesus' return, you got to know this. You ever seen a magnet, right? You can put it over some things and it's not attracted to it because it doesn't have the nature of that magnet. But let me tell you, when Jesus comes back, everything with the same nature of God is going up. Amen? And you can say it is well. Well. It is well. It is well. It is well. With my soul. It's well within me. One of these days, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit, if you have his spirit inside of you, when you hear the blast of the trumpet, you're going up as well. And it is well. That's the promise of God's word. That's declaring his praise. That's declaring his promise. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Stop listening to them. Stop it immediately. Confront it with the word and bring the truth of God's word as a sword of the spirit and cut it off in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that your word is life-giving. These words of scripture, Lord, change us. Not only that we just believe them in our heart, but that we speak them in the midst of darkness so that we have the ability only through your name, because I don't have authority, God, but besides your authority, the authority that you have given to us as the body of Christ is so powerful that if the body of Christ would understand, not only believe it in their heart, but begin to speak it forward, Lord, there is victory because you have already declared over us victory. You have declared your victory over us through the promises of your word. And so, Lord, today I thank you that we get to come and we know these scripts Lord, they determine our destiny. And, and Lord, the words that we speak are, are so important and so vital that they determine where the next step is on our journey. But, but also, Lord, that our declarations must have authorizations that when we speak your word by faith, we believe in, your, in our heart. And we do not waver and we do not doubt. Lord, your word will come about in our lives. So Lord, I pray for every person in here that has a mountain today. The Lord, their ability in Christ is able to say, mountain of addiction, you must go into the sea. Mountain of depression, you must go into the sea. Mountain of discouragement, 
you must go into the sea. Mountain of depression, oppression, possession, you must go into the sea in the name of Jesus Christ today because, Lord, you have authorized, you have authorized our victory. In your name, we pray and give you the thanks. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.